Hi, I'd like to welcome you this morning to uh, Sunday morning here at the River Christian Fellowship. You know, currently we've been through the book of Genesis. I have great faith in, um, in how it's all going to turn out. I know a lot of people right now are very concerned. The viruses, everybody in lockdown, church is not able to attend. But, you know, in the spirit, we can gather together. And that's what we want to do here this morning is uh, just realize that God's not separated by miles. That's one great thing also to always remember about prayer. Prayer transcends miles. Uh, It transcends time zones and everything. And so that's one of the great things that we have uh, in our relationship with God is knowing how God started everything. We know that God's going to do the wrap on it. So whether you're studying in Revelation, somewhere else in the middle of the Bible or the book of Genesis, how it all began, we know that God has got it all under control. So this morning, I pray that maybe for just a few minutes, you can maybe set back, separate yourself from all the crazy stuff going on in the world. We'll go to God's word and we'll see that it's as relevant today as it was when it was written. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word this morning, we just ask you that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, encourage us, especially in these troubled times. And Lord, we know that there's nothing hard for you. And so I pray you bless, touch, restore, heal each person listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been going through the book of Genesis, and I want to encourage you, if you have your Bible, to follow along. If you don't, I'll read to you. I can do that. Now, I realize that I'll probably butcher some of these names, because we really don't speak here in the United States as many of the people in the Middle East, and especially in Hebrew, do. They speak with a lot of uh, sounds coming out of their throats and different things like that. But I'll do my best to uh, obliterate these words for you uh, concerning the names of these kings and the areas that they were from. As we left off last week, we remember that Lot and Abraham had separated. Lot uh, decided to go and pitch his tents towards Sodom and Gomorrah. We remember that Abraham said to Lot, if you go right, I'll go left. If you go left, I'll go right. Abraham trusted God no matter where he went, that he knew that God would take care of him. And so we remember that after his little joint (laughs) diversion that he took going down to Egypt because of the famine, which God never told him to go, we remember he came back to the same place, to the same altar and started over again. Well, we find that he moved a little bit, and now we find in chapter 14 some things that begin to unravel here. Verse 14, or, uh, verse 1 of chapter 14, it says, And it came to pass in the days of Amphrahel, the king of Shinar. Now, this would be the area of Babylon currently today. And we also remember this is where Nimrod and the kind of the one world thing that he was trying to do around the Tower of Babel was all from. It says that him, Arioch, the king of Eliezer, Chedalomer, the king of Elam, and the title, the king of nations. Now, again, uh, this is kind of an east Persia. And so it's really the, the, the area mass around present day Iran, Iraq, uh, in that area, probably over towards Syria. There was a group of these kings that came together, formed a kind of confederation to fight other people. And so it says that they made war with Bria, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, 
Sinab, the king of Adamiah, Shember, the king of Zebulimim, and the king of Belah, that is Zor. And all these kings joined together in the valley of Siddim, that is by the Salt Sea. That's, that's down by the uh, Dead Sea down that way. Twelve years, it says, they served um, Chedalomer. And in the thirteenth year, they rebelled. They just got tired of heavy taxes and uh, being a vassal for uh, these different kings, just basically worker bees. And so they decided to rebel. Now, you got to remember, uh, the confederation was strong. They had help from one another. Evidently, they were strong enough that it kept these other kings subdued for 13 years. Now, the reason I bring this up is we're going to read down here what happens with Abram when they took Lot, his uh, nephew, captive uh, in, in one of the battles. Now, again, what these other kings could not do, we're going to find Abram and God did together. Now, he says in verse 5, um, in the 14th year, Chetelarmer, the kings that were with him, came and attacked Raphlam in Asheroth, Kerman, Zumim in Ham, and Elam in Shaveh, Kethlem. Now, by the way, uh, Rethlem and Zurim, this is the area where Goliath came from, from some of you that remember the story of, of uh, David and Goliath. And the Horites in the mountains of Seir, as far as El Paran, which is in the wilderness. And they turned back and came, they came to En Merzpat, that is Kadesh. Now, we remember Kadesh was uh, pretty famous, especially when you uh, study the ark. And we remember also, this is where the children of Israel camped before they went into the promised land, there by Kadesh Barnea. So they came there and it says they attacked all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites who dwelt in Hazan Tamar. And the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adam, the king of Zemblim, and the king of Belah, that is Zor, we talked about that, went out and joined together in the battle of the valley of Siddim against Chedalamer and his coalition that he had four kings against five. Now the valley of Siddim was full of asphalt pits probably very similar to the La Brea tar pits that were, uh, if you're from Southern California or knew anything about it, where they found a lot of dinosaur bones, they can be a real problem when trying to flee quickly or whatever because of what they were. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, and some fell there, and the remainder fled to the mountains. Then they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah, all their possessions, and went their way. They also took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and all his goods, and they departed. Now, here's one of the problems. Sodom 
was a place that was very beautiful. The Bible tells us it was well watered like the Lord's garden, this valley where Sodom was located. And this is where Lot chose to dwell. Now, the Bible tells us in the preceding chapters that Sodom was a very wicked place. Yet it didn't bother Lot to encamp close to them. Great lesson to be learned here. If you place yourself close to those that are doing wicked, oftentimes the judgment that comes upon them can affect you. So I think this is one of the reasons why Solomon very graciously warns his kids. In fact, uh, he writes in uh, uh, Song of Solomon, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 1, that he wrote this to his kids, king's kids. And you might say, well, I'm not a king's kid. Oh, yes, you are. If you're a Christian, you're a king's kid. And this is what you need to be be, uh, uh, aware of. Because, you know, you make wrong decisions, it's going to affect you. Well, you get your... you get your friends, you get your abode close to those that are doing wickedly. When the judgment of God comes on them, it can affect you. So this is why the Bible tells us to not have friendship with the world, because the friendship with the world can splash over with on you when when they are judged. This is one of the reasons why oftentimes I tell people, you know, well, I'm just going to go to a party. You know, everybody's doing drugs. Everybody's doing a little coke, you know, a little heroin. Hey, you know, they're smoking weed and stuff like that. I'm not going to get loaded or nothing. I'm just going to go and hang out. Until the big bus comes and 25 police break down the front door, guess what? You're going to be hauled away um, uh, with all the others as well. So this is one of the reasons why I believe in separating ourselves from the world is a good thing. Now, we're still in the world to minister to the world. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I may win some. But it doesn't mean we get ourselves into sinful situations or we become like them to minister to them. In other words, we don't become a drug dealer, uh, a Christian drug dealer to minister to drug dealers. We, we, we want to never lose the innocence of the gospel, the innocency of, of just being right before the Lord to somehow reach out to those who are not. Sodom uh, was a wicked place. Lot pitched his tent near Sodom and got swallowed up in this five to four battle that went on in which they hauled everything away that Sodom and Gomorrah had, including Lot. Well, now we pick up this in verse 13. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew. Now, this is the first time in the Bible that we find Hebrew mentioned, the word Hebrew mentioned. Abram the Hebrew. What does that mean? The word in the original, in the Hebrew, means Abram the pilgrim. I think that's good. I think that's something. The sojourner is another uh, interpretation for this word. I think that it's interesting that even today, so many people that say, well, we're Jewish, we're Hebrew or whatever, not really remembering what that word means. It means you're just a passing through. See, this is the thing that makes really uh, those that love God different from people that love the world. People in the world think you only go around once in life. You go for the gusto. He with the most toys when he dies wins. But the rest of that statement is nothing. 
You're not taking it with you when you go. And I believe that when God singled out Abram, this is one of the things that Abram began to understand when he called him from his land and brought him to uh, Canaan, where God said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Well, why is that? Because I believe that if every one of us, and especially today in the Hebrew nation, if you, all of us as Christians will realize we're sojourners, we're just the passing through. This is not our home. It changes the way we look at life. If you believe all there is to this life is what you see right now, you look and realize that coronavirus, these other things are out there that can get you. Well, no wonder people are freaked out. They said right now we're, we're seeing a real uptick in suicides. Why? Because people of the world have no hope. But we have hope in Jesus because we're sojourners. We're just a passing through. We want to be about our daddy's business as long as we're here. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we want to do. We need to be about our daddy's business. And when we're about our father's business, we're going to bring glory to him and lay up for ourselves rewards in heaven, unlike this world that don't pass away. They're going to stay forever. And so understanding how important that is, you want to be sure that you recognize right now as a Christian, we're just a passing through. Abraham, the sojourner, Abraham, the pilgrim, Abraham, and all these words mean the Hebrew. Well, he says, Abraham, the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the Tibermith tree in Mary, in, in Mamiri. The Amorites, the brother of Eshcol, and the allies were the allies of Abraham. Now, Abram had friends, and it says here in verse 14, now when Abram heard that his brother was taken, his brother-in-law um, was taken captive, he armed 318 servants who were born in his own house and went in pursuit as far as Dan, the area where Dan would be uh, in the tribe when the, when the uh, provision of land was divided up. Now, why, what does that mean? Well, here's the thing. Lot was a right, uh, 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 Abram was a righteous man. And he didn't like what they did to his nephew. Now, Jesus said, greater love hath no man than he lay his life down for a friend. By the very, that very verse that Jesus gave indicates there is some type of conflict that may require you, some kind of a fight that may require you to lay your life down. You know, there's a lot of people say, well, you know, I just trust God. I really don't care what happens when I'm dead. I'm dead. No, no, no. We're here to not only bless God, but we're to defend those that we love. I believe this is why Jesus said, when I sent you out, did you lack anything? And they said, no, Lord, nothing. He said, now I'm telling you to sell your coat and buy a sword. Does that mean we're to go around, uh, robbing people with it? No, but we have a right to defend people. How can I be in a room of believers in a Bible study telling them all I love them? Somebody kicks the door open and wants to hurt them. How can I really say I love the people in my, in my room or my family and say, oh yeah, just come in, cut them up, kill them. No, this is what Abram also saw. And so when they came and they took his nephew, his brother's son, he said, that's not right. And so he used what he had 
which was 318 servants. He armed them and he went in pursuit of these, this coalition of kings that had just robbed the area. Well, it says he divided his forces against them by night. Now, by the way, Abram must have been operating here on some supernatural war principles because it says here he divided the forces uh, by, uh, against them by night. He and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is the north of Damascus. Now, we all know where Damascus is still there. And so he brought back all the goods. He also brought back his brother, Lot, and his goods, as well as the women and the people. So it's really amazing that those other kings, this coalition of this gang of kings, couldn't win against this this other group of kings. Yet Lot, with 318 people, with the anointing of God, beat him. Always remember, you and God are a majority in any battle. And that doesn't matter whether you're a Daniel in the lion's den or you're fighting uh, and, and you're doing what God's called you to do. And, and the devil says, be in fear of, of the viruses and all these different things. I'm not saying we need to be foolish. Yeah, wash your hands, do all those kinds of things. But the thing is, to live as Christ, Paul says, to die is gain. We can trust him for what he says. And so it says here that the king of Sodom went out to meet Abram in the valley of Shevez. That means the king's valley. And after his return from the defeat of Chedorlaomer and the kings who were with him. It's interesting that um, evidently the king of Sodom must have ran and hid while everybody else was being carried away. Well, then it says, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, that means king of peace, brought out bread and wine, and he was a priest of the most high. We don't know where this guy came from. He just shows up. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter seven, without father, without mother, without beginning of days, nor end of days, but like unto the son of God or son of man. Wow, that's amazing. This guy just shows up. And the Bible says he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. See, I believe personally this was Jesus Christ. It was a picture type of who Jesus is and what he does. This is what's often called a theophany or, or a picture of Christ in the Old Testament. We find several of them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. There was a fourth in there, like unto the Son of Man. And we remember that there was only three. Nebuchadnezzar said, I put three in there. How come there's a fourth in there? We have a picture type of Christ. We have a picture type of Christ in the Bible, uh, uh, in the Old Testament. So Jesus wasn't just born in Bethlehem. He's always been. He wasn't just a thought of God in the Old Testament. As many of the cults will say, Jesus has always been. In fact, his name in Matthew chapter one, He shall be called Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Well, it says that he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram, God of the most high, uh, blessed be Abram of God of the most high, possessor of heavens and the earth. And he blessed God most high, who was delivered, who's delivered your enemies into your hand. This priest knew that God had given Abram the victory. And so because of that, he gave him a tithe of all. 
Now, again, people wonder if it's okay to tithe in the New Testament. Uh, we know that, yes, as a matter of fact, we do. Um, and and uh, even Jesus said tithing in the New Testament was okay. This is actually a pre-law thing. This is long before uh, the Ten Commandments, the whole thing with Moses was ever done. And yet we find the tithe, 10%. Abram gives to Melchizedek. And so many people believe I am one. Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, saw it and was glad. I believe this is one of the other places in the Bible where Abram met Jesus face to face. And in fact, in John 8, 58, you can read all about it. This is when Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. And the Bible says they picked up stones to stone Jesus because he was claiming to be God. Well, we find here the last couple of verses. And so he gave him a tithe of all he had. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and take the plunder and the goods for yourself. You know, the devil always wants that. The devil doesn't really care about money. He cares about people. King of Sodom, get it? And Abram said, no, I'm not going to do that. And so he said, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. But Abram said, uh, king of, uh, uh, Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord, most, God most high, possessor in heaven and the earth, that I will take nothing from the thread of the saddle strap, and I will not take anything that is yours, lest you would say, I have made Abram rich. Wow. This Abram realized that blessings came from God. Uh, it was God has a way of blessing us in spite of any difficulty. He said, I'm not going to, the, the king of Sodom says, give me the people and you can have the goods. Abram says, no, I don't want the goods. Otherwise, people are going to run saying, the king of Sodom made me rich. I don't want what you got. Wow. Man, I'll tell you, that's a man of integrity. Notice the last verse. Except only the young men have eaten a portion. The men who went with me, Abner, Eshcol, Mamre, let them take their portion. He said, these guys who fought in the battle with me, yeah, let them have some booty. But the people are staying with me. I like that. You see, God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for your life. God's going to see you through. Remember, you and God are a majority in any battle. 318 men. Abram with 318 men beat this coalition that, that these kings couldn't beat. That shows you the power of God. So once again, as we look at this, and we look at a lot of battles that I believe saints are ahead of all of us. We've got some real challenges ahead, and this is the best time in the world to make your settle with, with God. Settle yourself in the Lord right now, realizing he's going to see you through. You have nothing to fear. We're pilgrims. We're just a passing through. It's okay. And so no matter what happens, as Paul says, to live as Christ, die as gain. Your name is written in the book of life, but wait a minute, maybe it's not. Maybe you're watching this today and You've never asked Christ in your life. Well, we're going to do that right now. And you can ask Jesus to come into your life and change your entire world. You can go from eternal death to eternal life. To being a person that thinks this is all there is in life to a person that realizes, hey, wait a minute. I'm just a passing through. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a sojourner. I'm on my way to something a whole lot better.
this morning, if the Lord's touched your heart, if you find that you're getting your resources from the king of Sodom, the king of this world, rather than from God, we're going to pray right now. And you can ask Jesus to come into your life and forgive you. And God will change your life and give you the hope that you need to get through not only today, but every day, the rest of your life on this earth. And then someday to spend eternity with him, never to be scared of dying ever again. Are you ready? Well, if you are, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. I've been selfish. I've lived it my way. And Lord, I'm not happy. And I'm scared. And so from this day forward, I want to live for you. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And so now I ask you to make me your child. Fill me, empower me with your Holy Spirit so I'll love people and I'll be able to have boldness to talk to them about your wonderful love. And God, thank you for writing my name in your book of life that I can spend eternity with you. And so now, have me be about your business. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that. Welcome to God's family. If you don't have a Bible, I'll give you one. And... I'll send you a little book called Time to Grow, a couple other DVDs I've got. I want you to grow in the Lord. God wants you to be a great soldier for him. You know, you're going to see people I'll never meet. No minister will ever meet. You see, you're their minister. God's got a purpose for you. You say, well, Mike, I, I don't know the Bible that well to be able to have a testimony. Remember this. You can share what God has done for you. And that's good news. Now, if you have your Bible, I want you to start reading the book of John in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John, start in chapter 3 and just read and let the Lord bless you. If you're in this area, you can come and get baptized. Uh, If you're not, find a church that teaches the entire counsel of God's word. Stay away from the cults, the Jehovah's Witnesses, the Mormons, and all these other groups that add to the scripture or rewrite the Bible to suit their own belief. And be about your father's business. You're going to be blessed. And I'll send you a little book called Time to Grow. It goes in and answers a lot of questions. You can have that. Just just call in and let God change you and work in you. And from this moment on, heaven is yours. You didn't earn it. God just gave it to you because he loves you. And for all of us that are Christians, may the Lord just continue to, to open your eyes, opportunities. A lot of people are so scared right now. You got a great opportunity to talk to them about Jesus. The only hope that we have. And so I pray today, you realize we're just a passing through. God's got his hand on you. Remember, you and God, a majority in any situation. Let's pray. Father, today, thank you for the time we had to spend together. We just ask you now that you'll bless this, touch every person's heart, encourage us in this time of viruses and shutdowns and meltdowns, God. God, you're our provider, O Most High. And Lord, may you bless each person in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again real soon. God bless you.